everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of Winners and Winers Radio. My name is Scott Steen, and I am the lead handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. Good to be with you. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. Didn't know I was going to put a little grace note at the end there, did you, buddy? I did not expect that. <laughs> All good. We've done, this is, by the way, this is our 150th show, and we've done 150 shows, or 149 shows the same way. I thought I'd change it up just for fun. Well, we can get away with it now. That's right. Very good. So we've got a fun show today, guys. Of course, it's Friday. We're going to take a look back at that barn burner of an NFL game on Thursday night. Had a pretty good barn burner in college football as well. As so, uh, those teams have a lot in common, Scott. All four of them, not very good. So we're gonna we're gonna break down those. We're gonna take a look at the Friday football action. We got what three good college games going on. Of course, we'll give you their thoughts on the MLB uh, situation, playoffs coming up, who, who to get on, who to get off, Cy Young stuff, everything. We're going to delve into that. Of course, we'll do our donkey of the day. We'll do our bet the farm. In other words, it's a it's a, it's a packed full Friday, Scott. So how did your how'd your Thursday go when it comes to wagering? How'd you do? Overall, not great. Could have been worse though. I ended up having James Robinson over in receiving yards. And that was a 23 and a half, went up to 25 and a half. So I could beat a decent line move there. Okay. Ended up with negative two. So that didn't go too well. It was really weird because Hyde was a healthy scratch. So you knew Robinson was going to be on the field for about 90 something percent of the snaps. Then Shark fractures his ankle in about the first two minutes. So you assume they're going to start throwing it to him a little bit. And he got absolutely nothing. 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 So that ended up losing. But I did do a teaser. And the first pick was the Bengals minus one and a half. So nice. could have been worse, but I would have much preferred to have also won the receiving yards prop. What about you? I had a correlated teaser with the Bengals minus one and a half under 52. And we hit the team total over in for um, for the Virginia, for the, for the Cavaliers. We did not do as well on our other premium play where we laid the Bengals with eight and a half. That first, that first half pretty much doomed us there as they gave up just ridiculously long drives to a terrible football team. So overall, you know, not bad, not bad. We, uh, uh, we took it. We, we had some shots with our farm play, Scott. We had over 13 and a half in the first quarter. Um, Virginia ran 30 players, 29 plays actually in the first quarter. And they were able to manage just nine points. They had a safety. They had shots. They had the, the big thing was having the uh, having the, the big tight end or whatever they call him, the H back there, ninety nine, uh, drop that ball at about the twenty on wide open wheel route. That it w- probably wouldn't have been a touchdown, but it would likely have been inside the ten there. And I think at the end of the day, that there were a lot of plays. We just didn't have enough chunk plays, which I feel like was the issue, but. Yeah, definitely had some opportunities. Well, and we were count- and we were counting on the Virginia defense to be just dreadful. And for the first half, well, Miami's offense stunk, but they were so bad they didn't eat up basically any time off the no, clock. No, three, so. three, three. They'd a running play, no yards, incomplete, incomplete. They'd run about forty seconds off the clock, give it right back to Virginia. That's yeah, how, well, that's much. that's how you run thirty plays in a quarter. There's there's mm-hmm. you know, no other way around it. The other team ain't running very many. So, you know, overall a decent day. But you know, we always strive to get better, and of course, we always strive to hit the farm. So we've got to. We got a pretty nice farm play that we're pretty we're pretty excited about here for today. So we'll uh, get to that one a little bit later. But Scott, let's find out out there in the betting world who maybe didn't uh, do as well as you and I did. You know, somewhere around breaking even is where we ended up. Maybe a little bit up. A lot of people would have liked to have been even today, Scott. You know who you are. And this were there were some heartbreaking games out there where you thought you had a winner, only to see uh, defeat rear its ugly head at the very last minute. Time to call the cops, baby. All right, let's get it rolling, shall we? We're going to take a look in the major leagues. If you have the Angels on the money line playing the Rangers, they did exactly what you want them to do. They got off to a five-zip lead in the first inning. They led 6-5 after going into the eighth. So, you know, it's white-knuckle time. Peeling back those fingernails, and yep, they got bloody stumps on your hand. Those fingernails are gone because the Rangers scored two runs in the bottom of the eighth. That was all she wrote, Nedley, as the Angels end up losing that one, seven to six. So the other, the lead on that story, Scott, 
Angels get outscored uh, seven to one over the final eight innings. Pretty much. But looking at the second one, I mentioned the mm. football game before. But if you had the Jaguars on the money line at plus 280 against the Bengals, you were in good shape. Led 14 to nothing at halftime. Could have been 17 nothing or 21 nothing had the final minute not resulted in a fourth and goal line stuff. But anyway, ended up leading by seven points with 10 minutes left. Outscored 10 to nothing in the final 908. Bengals won 24 to 21. Just absolutely brutal. So let me ask you. I mean, we'll. Uh, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. Uh, we can. Well, I so I because we, we we had toyed with the the idea of having that available for a couple things, but what I wanted to ask you does did that change the momentum going into going into the locker room? Even though you're down fourteen nothing, I didn't have an issue with them going forward on fourth and one. The issue that I had was that you called a timeout just to run a speed option. Are you serious? Right. Like your quarterback's what, 6'5", 220, 6'6", 2... Do a sneak. Why are you running horizontal? Go vertical. So you have more a problem with the play call and or calling timeout than you do with the decision to go for the it. The timeout I'm fine with if you want to give your team a breather. I right. hate the play. You had extra time to come up with that crappy play call. Yeah, it's... Have they never seen a tape of Brady? They know how that works? Just run the sneak, man. You go up there, first sound, you sneak the ball, everybody pushes you. It's almost yeah. automatic. So, and that was, and then Cincinnati, go, they go to the locker room, down 14 nothing when they should have been down three scores. They come out immediately, score a touchdown, and they shut down Jacksonville, come back, score another touchdown, and the game is afoot. So there you go. It was a, That was a huge series there before halftime, no question about it. Uh, finishing it up in the other football game on Thursday night. That's <laughs> the Miami-Virginia game. You had Miami on the money line. Well, on one hand, they didn't lead the entire game. On the other hand, they had a very real shot to win it. They were down two points with 94 seconds left. They're driving down the field. Why? Because Virginia's defense, not good. I believe we mentioned that. At first and 10 at the 14-yard line. And Miami, Scott, uh, after just pretty much slicing through that Virginia defense like butter, they decided to play for the field goal. They go running play, running play, positional kneel down. They get the spot perfect for the kicker right where he wants it. 33 yards. Doink! Off the left upright it goes. Miami loses that game 30-28 to if you had the Hurricanes on the money line, ugh, call the cops. We can talk about the strategy on that and if that was a good or a bad move to settle, but if your kicker cannot make a 33-yard right down the middle of the field, then you got yourself a problem anyway. Well, you that's, make that kick. Yeah, that's, and that's certainly a big part of it where you, 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 can, you can, there's a lot of blame to go around, but at the end of the day, you can't really fault a coach for thinking a D1 High-level D1 kicker uh, should be able to make that field goal. That's. I actually made some money on that game. I ended up live betting it. I got Miami plus 7.5 midway through the third quarter. So that worked out well for me. But I think Miami's kicker is okay. You're at home. You have all the momentum, everything like that. You're in a great spot for a pretty easy chip shot field goal. I didn't have an issue with it. Okay. All right. So you're all right with, with playing for the field goal? I was fine with it. I'm not really a big fan of the positional kneel at the end because you're going to be losing a yard minimum. Right. So maybe just a regular handoff to the direction you want to be in. Funny story. If it had been a 22 yard or 32 yard field goal, it probably would have been good. Probably. <laughs> so yeah, they had it. They had it first and 10 with a, uh, a minute, a minute 34 left. Of course, the clock was draining. Virginia didn't really have any timeouts to stop it, so they could have done whatever they wanted. But, yeah, at the end of the day, if you bring in somebody to kick and he can't kick, I'm not going to blame the coach for that. No, no, you're, set, you're setting him up for a 33-yard field goal, even in college. At that level, at a, at a, at a Power 5 school, that's a, that should be automatic. That should be 95, 97, somewhere around there. I think it's a little high for college. Yeah, I'll, I'll say like 90 plus. 80, I'll say 88. Mm. Okay. For college, yeah. there's a lot of really bad college kickers out there. Power five? 
Wisconsin not, hasn't had a kicker for like three years. I'm not talking about the, you know, the kicker for Georgia State. I'm, I'm talking about Power 5 schools. No, I know. I'm saying Wisconsin hasn't had a good kicker since... I don't even know if Gaglia known he was even good, but yeah, a decent amount of programs don't really have many good kickers for some reason. Gaglia, no, is that that veal dish with the, with the cheese? Uh, on no, top? that was the former Wisconsin kicker oh. back when I was in school. Oh, very good. He wasn't good. Not really, but the ones they brought in after him were even worse. Why do you think that is? No idea. Because you've got a ton of high school kickers out there, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Bama couldn't find a kicker for Saban's first ten years. It's weird because we, we the there's a kid that played with with my son all the way through high school. Uh, it was he was all conference, good kicker, third team all state, and he got no offers, zero, not even no scholar no scholarship offers at all to go kick at a even a D two school. So you know I, I just thought that was unusual. So good kicker, I don't know. good kicker. Anyway, all right. So the opposite, Scott, the opposite of the people that were uh, a little bit ripped off that had to call the cops. These are the people that have to call anybody unless they call the liquor store for another delivery. You know who you are. You had a nice, easy victory. Because, man, you were sitting in the rocking chair, baby. So, the first one was on the Cubs' money line against the Pirates. They led a 7 to nothing after two innings. You think Pittsburgh scoring seven runs? You're out of your mind. The Cubs won 9 nothing. How many days? Uh, I don't know. The Pirates, maybe a week. You know, the Pirates are actually were really, really scoring a lot of runs up until day before yesterday. But, yep, that, that string is apparently over. Uh, excuse me. All right, Scott, if you had the Jaguars plus seven and a half, well, I think we've pretty much already been through this game and how the scoring went. But uh, you were in great shape. You They never trailed until the game losing field goal you you and that's really weird you could have had two games that came down to two teams from Florida winning that in uh, well no i guess jacksonville had been ahead most of the game okay sorry they never trailed that's right um until the very until cincinnati so cincinnati they won the game after never leading and miami had a shot to win the game after never leading but they didn't so yep. anywho yeah jaguars plus seven and a half you're in great shape never had to sweat it no way no how uh they end up losing by three Cash that ticket, baby. You were uh, saying the last in the one chair. was in baseball between the Tigers and the Twins. If you had the over eight and a half, one run in the first, four runs in the third, five runs in the fourth. That's already 10 runs. Game ended 10 to seven. That's very nice because we had a nice play. We had a nice play on that game day before yesterday, and we had, we took the under there. Nice. So, yeah, it's all, it's all about the pitching matchup, man. It's two. Totally different teams, depending on who's pitching. Well, that's so. why I like the over in the Mets game yesterday. I mentioned it on the air when Cabrera was terrible. The Mets scored 12 runs. Yeah, absolutely correct. So, Scott, do you know how to pronounce donkey in Ukrainian? Is it, first of all, is, uh, is, is, is Ukrainian a language? Anybody know out there? Do they, do they speak some sort of uh, bastardized Russian? Donke. Thank you. Very good. You're welcome. Hey, let's, let's find out who it is. Boy, there's a tease that should reel you in, huh? Let's find out who's wearing the golden feed bag today. Spoiler alert, we're going to have to ship it to Europe because somebody who probably doesn't even understand a word we're saying is today's donkey of the day. Scott, take it away. So for this one, we're going to be making a little bit of a trip to Europe. And believe it or not, donkeys are stupid people exists in other countries uh -huh. we're going to talk about the ukraine because there's a ukrainian hockey league that's going on and forward andre deniskin well he had a little bit of an issue in one of the games that he ended up playing in earlier this week he made a bit of a racial gesture and he was aiming this gesture at an african-american player and he started to peel an imaginary banana in the middle of the hockey game he was suspended three games then he apologized on instagram saying quote my emotions got the best of me i respect all people regardless of race or nationality and to top it all off my question for you is does that apology count if you delete your entire Instagram later on that day. <laughs> if if the tree falls in the Instagram forest and everybody moves the trees, did anybody did it count? There are so many just stupid things involved in the story, but I I think that my favorite part 
is when you say that you your emotions got the best of you. What kind of racist emotions do you have? Yeah, that's what does that mean? that's exactly right. I mean, your, your emotions. I'm so sorry. Uh, I let my race. I let my uh, racism come out there. I was really supposed. Was to. supposed to be closeted. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm re- in the public. I really do a much better job of hiding my true feelings about minorities. So apologies to everybody. That's it. What it does is it shows you the difference between sports agents, Scott, at, at certain levels. If you're in the Ukrainian hockey league, that's the kind of statement you issue. If you're here in America, you've got one of these high-powered agencies. They're writing you a much fancier, much more coherent statement than that. So. Also to add to the story, the African American player is actually from America, and that makes he sense. American there, Scott. Kind of uh, correct, away. yes. But anyway, he actually is playing internationally, and he stated publicly that he was not going to play for this Ukrainian league ever again unless the other guy was suspended or potentially thrown out forever. I'm with him on that one. I I don't know how the league's going to respond to it. I feel like three games is significantly too low. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So let me let me unpack a couple of things here. By the way, you guys are listening to Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. Scott, do you know how old the African-American hockey player is? I do not. Okay, I, I don't know. I, I'm just wondering, um, what are we doing? Are we are we still chasing the dream? If you're in the you're in the Ukrainian hockey league, are you, do you have a shot? I mean, I know you know more about hockey than I do. Are I think you're just trying to earn a living. If you're good at hockey and you want to play it internationally, then go nuts. Is that the? Is like, but do you think it like it's not like playing basketball in Europe where they you can actually make six figure? You don't think those guys are making any money playing for Ukraine, do you? For the Ukrainian, I have league? no idea what people internationally are making in any sport, let okay. alone hockey, but. All right. If that's what they're good at and they want to keep playing and maybe it could lead to, I don't know, let's just say brighter uh, brighter opportunities in the future. You made the argument about, about basketball players. Do you think the average basketball player is making a ton of money in Croatia? No, uh, but you still have people playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think there's guys at different levels, you know, because now you even have some of the youngsters that have gone over there instead of going to the G League or going to college or whatever. So, but yeah, I know uh, normally speaking, it's guys you get to that... live in Europe and play basketball or play hockey. That yep. sounds fine to me. Okay. Ukraine in uh, December, beautiful place to be. Uh, you should probably never leave the house. It's about, what, negative 30 Celsius oh, yeah. at the time. I don't think it's negative 30 Celsius. but It was an exaggeration, but it's definitely <laughs> freezing. <laughs> you could have you gone with Fahrenheit and you'd have been fine, but you had to get out nah. over your skis there. I had to just hammer down the point of how cold it is in Europe during the winter. Fair Eastern enough. Europe, it's, chi- it's chilly. It's it's chilly. No question about it. All right, buddy. Well, I feel like this is kind of my spot to say it because I'm used to saying it as a parent. But today, it kind of goes out to an entire team, an entire city. We gave it out to him earlier this week. Yeah, we did. And it's a shame that we have to revisit it because we're still we're still not mad. But we are definitely, definitely disappointed. All right. So, Scott, the Red Sox. Welcome back, boys. They were, or they are, in a battle royale with the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Mariners, used to be the A's. They're fighting it out for that uh, one of those two wildcard spots. Everybody looks at the schedule. You go, well, the Red Sox have it pretty easy. They've got three against the Orioles. There's three wins there. Uh, and then we'll move on to the weekend. Scott, that's not exactly how it worked out. Somebody break up the Orioles, man. They're hot because they took two of three from the Red Sox. And that has put the Red Sox in a little bit of a in a little bit of a jackpot because they went from uh pretty much in control of the uh, of the wild card spot there. They're now two games back of the Yankees. They are tied with the Mariners. Blue Jays are one game back. So you've got problems, boys. And the Red Sox getting ready to start a, uh, a weekend series. And I guess if you're losing to the Orioles, it really doesn't matter who you're going to play because obviously you can lose to anybody. But they're going to start a series with the Nationals, Scott, at Washington D.C. Can the, is the Beltway 
just going to put these guys away this year? It could. Boston's been a team that a lot of people didn't expect to be here at this point based on preseason projections. I think what makes it worse is the fact that going into this series, Boston was 12-4 and against Baltimore this season, so they had dominated before the last couple of days. I think what's worse is the fact that Boston hit a solo home run to lead off the game against Austin Wells, who was awful, and then did not score again as long as Wells was on the mound. You have a leadoff home run against an awful starting pitcher, and then you let him off the hook for six innings, one run. That's well, atrocious. Well, let's be honest. If you, It's one of those things, if you look down at the, Anybody. the lineups for teams like Baltimore, Arizona, those kind of teams, and you don't recognize that pitcher, there's a good chance he's making his first or second start in the big leagues. And he's well, well, yeah, Wells has good. been around since the middle of the year, but his ERA this season is 6.75. And you let him go six innings, one run against you. Not good. <laughs> Not good at all. They've, they had a, and who they, who beat him the other night? It was somebody stupid beat him the other night too, right? They lost to Bruce Zimmerman. That's right. It was Bruce Zimmerman. God. Oh, sorry, Red Sox. And sorry, anybody that's got a playoff ticket on the Red Sox because you probably paid a minus price for it. They might still get in because Washington stinks, but they basically, in my opinion, need to sweep. I don't think they're sweeping Washington. You wouldn't think so. All right. So, Scott, we gave the, we gave, uh, the odds makers for St. Louis the night off, but there was some serious drinking. And you, you kind of got to go down the card, but... I think it's a good one. Oh, it's a great one. It's absolutely a great one. Let's find out. It's not just for the guys. The odds makers were drunk, ladies' night style. Go ahead. So, you have the WNBA playoffs going on. You're currently in the semifinals. Sure I am. And you had the Phoenix Mercury taking on the Las Vegas Aces. And that game was supposed to be pretty high scoring. Total of 170 and a half, 10 minute quarters. If that's, you want to, a lot for if you forgot. That's a lot for 40 minutes. But game one had 186 points. Okay. So you might be thinking 170 and a half is a little bit too low. Should maybe be in the mid 170s. But I don't think anyone was really ready for just how many points you were going to see in game two. No. Because the total, once again, was 170 and a half. Okay. Both teams combined for 176 points. Oh, that's good. In the first three quarters. Whoops. So the game ended up landing at 208. You went over Missed a 40 minute total in 30 minutes. Missed it by that much. That's not even close. Sad part is they didn't even score much in the fourth quarter. They didn't really need to. No, they only put up they only put up thirty two in the third quarter, which would or fourth quarter, which would be one twenty eight on the night. So, yeah, it's they kind of took their, their their foot off the gas. Who won that game, by the way, Scott? Uh, the Mercury destroyed. So okay. they're going to Game Three. All right, very good. All righty, so we had some football yesterday. Is that what we call it? You know. It, had, it was actually it a pretty good game. Its, well, they were both good games. We'll start. We'll start in the NFL, as uh, Cincinnati runs their record to three and one on the season. Probably not sustainable. Not a good team, but they're three and one. Well, uh, they they did just enough. I would say yep. they did just enough at home there. Jacksonville, how many wins you got for them, buddy? I said going into the year, I thought this was the worst team in the league. My hot take, which I told you about, and you mocked me for it, mm -hmm. was that Jacksonville would finish with a worse record than Houston. Yep. And it's going to be close because they do play head-to-head -head one more time. This Jacksonville team, I know that they've been competitive the last two weeks because the Arizona game, they looked pretty good for a half. Right. They looked great for a half against Cincinnati. But I don't even know what the identity of this team is. I feel like they're trying to reinvent themselves every week and they still lose. Who's giving the halftime speech? Debbie Downer? Come on, guys. It could be. That's just a terrible second-half performance. They were... My, I feel like the way that people need to look at it is when it comes to evaluating coaches, people can look at the sideline, in-game adjustment stuff, but the main job of the coach, in my opinion, is pre-game and post-game, uh, pre-game and halftime, sorry, get your team ready to go, 
make the adjustments at the half and kick some ass. Yeah. And so far, what I've seen is that Urban Meyer is an abysmal second half coach. Well, it's hard to argue with after their performance the last two weeks. They had teams that were obviously better than them on the ropes, had them, had them each down, and yeah, couldn't, couldn't get it done. So now You might disagree about the importance of in-game decision-making, stuff like that, and that is important, but you cannot underestimate how valuable good just second, like locker room talks are. And I don't know what Meyer is telling his team, but maybe try the opposite. So, yeah, we got this. Don't you guys don't even have to worry about it. Don't sweat it. Yeah, I I don't know if you agree with everything I just said, but Meyer has been as bad as I thought it was going to be. You're what? Meyer has been as bad as I thought it was going to be. Not good. Not good. Any any theories on why these super college coaches fail at the NFL level? Well, I think one example can be found in the recent trade that Jacksonville had when they traded away Henderson. So Urban Meyer handled the situation by calling Henderson's parents to let them know that he traded their son. What? What? There's a story that came out that that happened. How is he not donkey of the day? The story that came out that happened, which kind of circles back to my main point, which is the fact that Urban Meyer still treats his players like they're in college. Right. And they're not. They're adult human beings. When, when does that scenario come up in college, though? We, we've, we've traded him to Penn State, and I wanted to call his, I wanted to call his parents and let him know. What, what? I heard that story, though, that Meyer apparently talked to Henderson's parents to let them know that, like, what are, what are we doing here? Where did, you, where did you hear men. that story? I actually heard it on a podcast oh. uh, on YouTube about a day or two ago. Okay. All right. But... Pretty reliable source. It's a guy that I watch. But anyway, oh, well, yeah, go. I think the main issue is the fact that Meyer and a lot of other college coaches think that they can say whatever they want or do whatever they want because college kids would listen to them. When you're talking to grown men, <laughs> you have to actually earn their respect. Yeah, yeah, you do. You have to show them that your way is the right way. And a lot of these guys do the raw, raw stuff. They treat them like they're college kids because that's all they can do. And yeah, they go back with their tail between their legs. It happened to Spurrier, happened to Saban. What makes Pete Carroll able to make the transition successfully, Scott? Uh, Russell Wilson. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. All the right. more that I watch Pete Carroll, maybe it's just me, but the more I watch him, the less quality of a coach I think he actually is. I think is that a hot take. Uh, no, I think I think Russ bails him out a lot. I think he's fine. I think he's I think he's fine. He's been more successful than some of the other guys, but he was blessed with one of the best defenses of all time and an elite quarterback who was taken in the middle rounds. If he doesn't have that, I don't think he's still in Seattle. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yep. I tell you, I was I was at the game where they figured out what they had with Russell Wilson as a game against the Chiefs. And that was he, a preseason game, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and he was just just a monster. And I, I saw him, and I'm like, how is this kid a third-round draft pick? Of course, at that point, you know, we're wading through Brody Croyle, Matt Castle, Tyler Thigpen. And like, how did, how did this guy go in the third round and the Chiefs didn't, didn't take him? Just heartbreaking. But, you know, you could tell, even in preseason, you could tell how good the kid was, you know, because he, he could move, he flowed well, he had an arm, it was uh, it was quite a performance. He had a, he had a great game, and that was pretty much he was off and running because they ended up trading uh, uh, the guy they got from Green Bay that had like the, like two good game. It wasn't it wasn't a hassle back? Who uh, was Flynn. it? Flynn. What's that? Flynn. What was his first name? Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly who it was. He would had been Rogers backup and what had two or three good games, Scott. Uh, give or take, he had the six touchdown game against the Lions. Yeah, that was the deal. Which. It kind of reminded me, this is before your time, it reminded me of Scott Mitchell, who was a quarterback for the uh, back, backup quarterback Dolphins. For, uh, for the Dolphins. Yeah. And he got called to perform, performed well, and then signed a big deal with the Detroit Lions and was dreadful. Yeah. So I didn't know if you were. Is that still, you, you, you don't remember that, do you? I know the story. Okay. I wasn't alive yet, but I know the story. Okay. Probably saw it on a podcast on YouTube. Uh, I think I saw an NFL network that did a breakdown of like awful quarterback contracts or something. And Mitchell was on there. I could see that. Yeah. He, he wasn't, he wasn't good at all. All right. Well, we'll come back. 
we'll take a we'll take a look at the college game as well. Kind of put a bow on this NFL game. Talk to Scott about whether we think the Cincinnati Bengals are any threat to make the playoffs. We'll do all that right after this message. All right, everybody, welcome to the second half of Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. Scott, we'll just put a bow on this. Bengals atop the AFC North. Of course, they're three and one. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns yet to play. Bengals have a shot at making the playoffs. They have a shot. They're not going to get in, but they have a shot. I think this team will probably go seven and nine, or sorry, seven and ten, eight and nine. You think they? Don't, really... You think they only win four games from here on out? Yeah, I don't think they're very good. Okay, we'll cook up a little something there. I'll take I'll take the uh, over seven and a half on that. I'm sure you'd be getting a pretty solid minus price there at seven and a half. Right oh, now. I don't like the way you're thinking. You you just you just said they'd win seven games. Yeah, okay. I am. I'm just saying if we're gonna do it, I'm gonna need a decent plus price return. I'm not oh, trying to get robbed. That sounds like you're moonwalking back there, buddy. I know I was moonwalking. I just think that this Bengals team, Burrow's good. The offensive line's a bit concerning, and the defense. If you're going to really throw Eli Apple there in 2021, you really got to reassess something. Well, they've he, got. He can't be playing. He's not. He won't be starting all year. They, they're banged up. He shouldn't be on the roster. He shouldn't be in the league. Okay. But no. anyway, Cincinnati, they did enough to win. Is Zach Taylor a good coach? I have no idea. All right. Pro- I, get, I don't know. It remains to be seen. AFC South, worst division of football? Yeah, I, I think it is. You can make the argument with the NFC East. But I actually think the Cowboys are pretty good. Yeah. That's a pretty good team. I think the Cowboys are as good as the Titans. And the Texans, Colts, and Jags are nowhere near as good as the Eagles, Giants, and Washington. Okay. That's my take. Fair enough. All right. So, you like that? That was a a fun college game. We talked about that a little bit. I I made money live betting it, but am I shocked Miami found a way to blow a game? And for some reason... I feel like this is a perfect summary of the Manny Diaz era in like one game. Really, really, it was kind of a microcosm right there, all in all in one game. Disappointing, false hope, ultimately heartbreaking loss. That's kind yep. kind of the way it works on a TV game. So, did we learn anything about this Virginia Cavaliers defense as as the Miami Hurricanes were down to just one quarterback? You know, they they had their other freshman was hurt. Of course, De'Aaron King was hurt. Did we still? Did we learn anything about this? Virginia defense. I mean, there's. It's not like they got better. They still give up 29 points to a pretty dreadful Miami offense at the end of the day, right? I believe it was 28, but the defense tw- was bad. 28. That's it, right. That's right. It was 30. It didn't yeah. matter. Did I really learn anything? No. I thought Miami would win the game, but that was also because I I thought Garcia was going to play, and he did not. And Van Dyke was awful for about the entire first two and a half quarters. But Virginia's defense was okay to start the game. They really fell apart down the stretch. Yeah, they they did. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, he he's got some work to do, buddy. That's all. That's if you look all, at the stats in the that. second half, it was actually pretty good, but com- collectively not a great performance by him. No, no, he goes fifteen for twenty nine, two oh three, one TD. I also hate the play calling for Virginia. They need to run the ball more. I don't know how in this day and age, but the, you know, they ended up at the end of the day, Scott, they ran the ball 35 times. Yeah. Because they ended up doing that because Miami was basically forcing them into it. But I feel like late in the game, they really were trying so hard to just get Armstrong into space to throw some long passes far side of the field. You can give them some easier throws. It wouldn't kill you. So yeah, we're going to roll the quarterback out to the left and he's going to throw it all the way to the right on a wheel route. I'm like, why are you making the hardest throws for your quarterback? I don't, I don't understand. Did it. you notice that too? Yeah, they kept he, doing that. They did not put him in great positions to win. They'd roll him out one side and tell him to throw it the entire opposite length of the field, and I'm just thinking maybe you should get the receivers closer to him. Yeah, that always. It's just me. That always ends well. They do have, they do have some receivers on that team though. Yeah, I li- they do. I like Kemp's. I like, I like, I like Kemp. I like Wicks. Uh, 99 at a couple of that, brutal drops, that, that, but key, I, think, that, I think he's okay, though. Keaton Thompson, yeah. He was, a, he was a leading rusher, so. Yeah. Very good foot, Very good football. What do you, what do, you do with him? What do you, you make him a, t- a tight end, I guess? That's the thing, is you kind of got him right now as the Swiss Army knife. Right. And I don't want to use the comparison of, like, a Taysom Hill because Hill would play quarterback every now and then. Right. You occasionally throw him a tight end. You occasionally can throw him in the backfield, and you just see what happens. He's big. He's big. Yeah, he's a good athlete. I don't know if he's a good football player, but he's a good athlete. Yeah, he's six six four two ten. 
And he actually, Scott, is another guy that started as a quarterback. He was a dual threat quarterback in high school. So well, that's why I kind of mentioned the Taysom Hill thing, yeah. even though I know he's not actually a quarterback now. Uh, but he does, he is, does have the ability. I think, he I has, think they should try to organize some gadget formation thing for him. I think he's talented. I agree. I agree. Uh, either one of these teams going anywhere. Obviously Miami's in a lot no. of trouble. Virginia, they're done. Right. That's, I don't think Virginia's going to make a bowl game. You don't think that's okay. No, that's kind of a, that's kind of a they're bold, three and two. That's kind of a bold take. I don't think that this team can get enough stops in conference play to win. What do they got to get? They got to get three more wins. They got Louisville, Duke, Georgia Tech next three games, Scott. I think Duke maybe. They'll lose to Louisville. Okay. I think they'll lose to Georgia Tech. Then you got BYU, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, and Vatech to end the season. Oh yeah, they, they've got to they've got to get bowl eligible here in the next three weeks. That's really that's they've. So if they lose probably one of those three games, they're not going bowling. Don't think so. I don't. So think. I'm I'm picking them to go either four and eight or five and seven. Okay. All right. Very solid. Um. We've got baseball this weekend, buddy. It is the last weekend of the season. We've already got some of the matchups set. We have our we have our two three matchups set in both uh, the American League and the National League. Of course, in the American League, you've got the White Sox. Remember the White Sox, Scott? I feel like they <laughs> were playing, and then nobody paid attention to them for the last like month and a half. Yeah, they've they've been the tree falling in the forest with nobody there for the, since like August. They've just kind of been doing their thing. So you've got the White Sox. They're going to square off um, against the Houston Astros. Uh, prices on those yet, Scott? We... I did not see any prices. I'm going to assume that Chicago will be a slight favorite. Think so. It's kind of a hot take by me, but I think on paper, Chicago's got the better team. Got the better. I would take Houston. I'm not taking. I'm not taking Chicago in that series, but I think on paper. You can make an argument that Chicago's the better team. Well, Houston's gonna Houston's two games up for the home field advantage right now. Well, that's also an important factor too. So, if you want to include the home field, then maybe Houston, but like minus one twenty, like it'll be very, very close to a pick'em. Right. Yeah. See, I think Houston's gonna win the series, but you? I would certainly hope so. I have I have a ticket on them to win the Nash, to win the American League pennant. So obviously. the White Sox are a team that has won games in a really awful division. Mm-hmm. And yet, every time I watch them play, they just underwhelm me. I don't love their pitching. I really don't. I don't. And they picked up, of course, a setup guy who they traded a King's Ransom for. And Kimbrell hasn't been that good. Mm -mm. No, he has not. So both of these teams are dramatic uh, home teams. Have a huge, uh, play much better at home. Astros 49 and 29 at home. White Sox 51 and 27. White Sox just 40 and 41 on the road. So that home field advantage, I think, probably going to be a big deal uh, as the Astros really just need to win one there to guarantee the tie. Then it comes then it, then it comes down to the head-to-head. I like the Astros, especially if they get the home field there, in the uh, which it looks like they will, all, all things being equal. I, I just don't trust Larusa at all. That's uh, we, we talked about that before the show. I know you're excited to see those two legendary managers square off. You have a 72-year-old against, I believe it was a 76 or a 78-year-old. I forgot how old Larusa is, but they faced off with each other last time in the postseason in 2002. Good times. What are you guys doing? What are you, what are you doing? I, Scott, do you understand that? Do you understand what, what drives people to do that in their 70s? Obviously, they have all the money they need, all the money, probably have generational wealth to take care of the family for a couple of generations. What are you, what are you doing in your 70s? Go travel, have some fun. Well, I can understand why Baker came back because he wants to win a World Series, which okay. he was not able to do. And I can understand if he wants to add a trophy to his collection. All right. As for LaRusa, I don't know why he came back or why Chicago hired him, but it worked hopefully out. He's not, hopefully he's not driving anymore. It worked. I'll, I'll make a joke every time we talk about Larusa. All right, fair enough. Um, it worked. It worked out for him. You know, we roasted him before the season. Although we did pick the White Sox to win. Yeah, you know, we, if Larusa ends up being fired from the White Sox job, he could maybe become the GM for the Mets. He would fit right in, wouldn't he? He would. All right. So you like? I like. I like Houston in five. There. I think it goes all the way. Right. 
Uh, yeah, I think you'll see a war, but at the end of the day, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Altuve and company doing enough in order to get the job done. Okay, so then we've got the Braves squaring off against the Brew Crew. Uh, that is going to be home field advantage for Milwaukee. I got to assume Milwaukee is going to be pushing. 170 if not higher in that in that one that the the, that pit that rotation scott the it's so good the burns woodruff peralta and then you've got then you've got hauser you've got but who's atlanta throwing out there well you're going to you're going to morton you got ian anderson charlie morton what else we got that's what i'm saying who am i missing you don't really have many options there for atlanta uh you know what maybe you know you know oh max freed I knew I, I knew there was a good pitcher I, I was missing. So, so your rotation, do you set it up? What do you, how do you set it up there? You go you go Charlie, you go Max Freed. Well, Freed's the easy one. You go Freed first, Charlie Morton, and then Yanoa. I guess. You don't you don't put in in Anderson. You don't want him making a start in a five game series, do you? Yes. I don't think you game. do. But if he was going to, it would be game four. Right. That's what. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I. Yeah, it's a tough call. We'll see. We'll see how Morton pitches in Game One. Milwaukee at home with that rotation, I gotta, I gotta take the Brewers in that one. You lay in, you lay in the wood there with no problem. I don't know if you agree with my price line, but I do think one seventy five sounds right. I think that's high. Uh, I really, think, I think you're looking at more one forty to one fifty tops. Okay. You you think Milwaukee's gonna get that much respect? I think they should. Okay. Atlanta's a team that I don't know if they're very good. I just know that every other team in that division fell over themselves. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a team that won the division that that was 14 games over 500. So Like Milwaukee is just a really good baseball team. Yeah, they are. Um offense is not fantastic, but they still had a run differential uh of 129, which was Of course Williams being out is going to hurt cuz he's the setup guy, but Hater's phenomenal. I'm not a big Will Smith guy for Atlanta as a closer. Right. I don't really like their setup situation or their bullpen either. So if Milwaukee's got the advantage in the rotation, in the bullpen, I think Council's a good manager. So I think they might have the advantage on the actual bench. And they got home field. I'll take Milwaukee. So this is interesting because they each have a run differential of 129. They're both plus 129. Uh, The Braves have actually scored 50 more runs than the Brewers, which surprises me I, I wouldn't have thought it was that big of a disparity but of course the brewers have given up 50 fewer runs than the Braves, so that's how it evens itself out it should be fun that's going to be a lot of quality pitching i'd like the under I'm, I'm probably going to be a big fan of the unders especially in game one there well, i was going to ask are you going to buy into the playoff unders in the first round or two you, for you, mlb you have to i think you have to it's, right it's so the, you get freed Burns game one. I'm yeah. not taking the over. No, no, it's the, and that's traditionally, that's how it goes. And you know, everybody gets tighter. Those decisions get a little jinkier. Games you, get tighter. You see less runs. You and start, you, see, be, you start bunning in the third inning and stuff. Games. Oh, absolutely. Oh God. Don't even get me started. Well, Grueling. plus they throw in an extra 30 second commercial, by the way. So correct. All right. And then you're going to have the San the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Scott, big surprise today. They announced they're going to start Adam Wainwright in the wild card game. Does that stun you? Disrespectful to the J.A. Hap. <laughs> Disrespectful. No, obviously. They're going to go be going against most likely the Dodgers, as the Giants were able to do it one more time last night. Another ninth inning walk-off, one-run win. Yikes. Um, Dodgers are two back with three to go. It doesn't look good. It puts the magic number for the Giants at two. Any combination of one of a Giants win and a Los Angeles Dodgers loss, and that'll be the season. So let's go with the premise that it's going to be Dodgers and St. Louis. Scott, you and I talked about this. Who do the Dodgers start? They start Bueller. That's the thing, is that I was originally going to push for Scherzer, but he's been awful his last two outings. Yes. I think you have to go with Bueller at this point. Well, and his Scherzer would be on schedule, right? He pitched on Thursday night. He didn't pitch well, but yeah. No, he did not pitch well, and he threw a ton of pitches. Uh, when, I believe it was was it Wednesday night, I believe. Was it Wednesday night? Was it that? Was that? Yeah. Okay, okay. Because yesterday the Dodgers cruised, so That's I right. believe it was two nights ago. Okay, all right. 
Well, yeah, that's what. Okay, you're yeah. So he would be he'd be able to go on regular rest then, because I'm not sure if that's going to be a Tuesday or Wednesday game at this point. But he he should be well rested. So it's got to be Scherzer then, right? Well, that's the point. Is that he's been so bad for the last couple of outings. Now, of course, Bueller pitched on Tuesday, but I also don't exactly know what the Dodgers are are going to let's just say do with the rotation assuming that the giants don't implode right because the Dodgers play the Brewers and both teams you can make an argument might just try to stay healthy for the playoffs and kind of just go through the motions let me ask you a question about that series Scott do the Brewers maybe run more regulars out there than they might have normally be to try to keep the Dodgers from making the regular playoffs? Did they do their part to try to eliminate the Dodgers from the division title? I think they could. I, I think that you could also make an argument that whether or not they accomplish that feat, mm-hmm. you're going to have the Giants and the Dodgers most likely cannibalizing each other in the first round anyway. What do you mean? What I'm saying is the Brewers are guaranteed to play the Braves. Right. So, so you can make an argument that they might not even care because whoever wins the division and whoever doesn't, you're assuming that they're going to be in a bit of a war unless you think the Cardinals end up winning the wild card game. You're thinking, you think, you're thinking they're not playing 5D chess at this point? Yeah, I don't think they're doing that. Okay, very good. By the way, you are listening to Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. Scott, we have three college football games on tap for tonight's action. Let's start. Four. Don't forget the Ivy. The Dartmouth-Pennsylvania game. I stand corrected. Big green, seven-point favorite. At uh, that game is there in uh, where's that Philadelphia where UPenn is? Yeah. Okay. A lot of, there's a lot of schools in Philadelphia in there. Yes, there are. All right. So let's say we're not going to talk about that one. Take Dartmouth, by the way. Lay the points. Yeah, I was going to say it's Dartmouth or pass. <laughs> Houston Tulsa. This game is coming from uh, Tulsa. Minus three and a half are the Golden Hurricane. Fifty four is pretty much your total across the board there. Yeah, I got a little, uh, what, a little AAC action. Excited? Not really, but I'm always interested in seeing how Holgerson's going to mess up a game. You, uh, what, a disa- what a disastrous hire that's been. Hasn't been good, has it? Awful. You're not a Clayton Toon fan? Not really, but yeah. he also is a guy who hasn't really had many weapons in the past year. I don't think Houston's receiving core is any good. Okay. I know they're three and one and all, mm-hmm. but don't you think it's pretty telling that a three and one team's an underdog to a one and three team? It certainly is a message, and I don't know if you're if we're getting a bit of the old uh, okie doke, if they're just if they're just daring you to uh, take take Tulsa. He, take Tulsa or if they know something. What do you think? I'm doing it. I'm taking Tulsa okay. now. Houston is three and one. They lost by double digits to Tech in week one. Then you look at all the other games they've played. They haven't played anybody. I mean, they had to come from behind to beat Navy last game, and Navy stinks. But they beat Rice. They beat Grambling. They haven't beaten anybody. I think Tulsa, for a team that lost embarrassingly to an FCS team in Week 1, right. hung tough against Oklahoma State, hung tough with Ohio State for about two and a half quarters. I'm going to take the Golden Hurricane at home. Okay. All right. I, I hate this game. I hate everything about this it's game. It's not a fun game, but... You've got two teams. You don't know how good they are. They've they've, I was gonna say, they've lost the good team. You, they've lost the good team, and they beat. You up can make an argument that Toon and Brin have been pretty similar this year. They're both okay quarterbacks yeah. who throw a decent amount of interceptions. Yeah, that's 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 very true. So, you know what? I'll hold my nose. I'll I'll play I'll play the home team with you. I'm I'm really. It's going to be a pass for me, but gun to my I head. I feel better if it was three because I could see this game coming down to the wire, but yeah. I'll go with the three and a half. Yeah. Any uh, uh, 54 and a half? I can't take an under with Houston. I'll play the under. Okay. I'll play. I think Tulsa has a little bit for him on defense. Okay. All right. Uh, then two games much more excited to watch. Iowa and Maryland is going to be your 8 p.m. Eastern time game. Two four and oh. Big 10 teams square off in this one. Scott opened up Iowa uh, four. So in this situation, Terp money hitting the board. Do you agree with that Terp money? That turtle money coming in, Scott? 
Well, it's tempting because you can fade an Iowa team that struggled against Colorado State last week and people are overreacting. But Maryland has been a pretty good team this season. However, they haven't really played anybody. Do you consider West Virginia to be a good football team? I consider them to be an average football team. So they beat an average football team at home by six. Mm -hmm. They beat Howard. They barely beat Illinois. Right. And they beat Kent State. Okay. Meanwhile, Iowa has beaten Indiana handily, Iowa State handily, Kent as well, and Colorado State. And again, that they were probably looking ahead to Maryland. Spreads three. Iowa's a top five team in the country. So everybody's assuming this is an ultimate bet on Maryland game because the spread's so low for a top five team. I can understand that angle. I'm taking Iowa, though. Maryland, until they actually beat an above-average team, I'm going to go with Iowa. Who's Iowa playing next week, Scott? Do you know? Uh, Iowa next they play week Penn has State. a pretty, they play well, Penn let's State. just say, fascinating matchup because yeah. they take on Penn State. This is a classic, classic look-ahead spot. Does that really exist, though, in conference games when you're already facing an undefeated team? Absolutely. You think it does? Absolutely, because it's the, the it's the it's the number four versus the number five. It's an eliminate. But you can make an argument that since this game's on Friday, they have an extra day to prepare for Penn State anyway. Yeah, that's not how those kids are thinking. Okay, it's how the coaches are thinking, not how the kids are thinking. Guarantee it. I'm looking at the under in this game. I like that as well. I think that's a, I think that's a solid play. Uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the I'm 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 catching turtle fever, buddy. I, I'm, I'm taking okay. I'm taking the Terps at home in this one. I, don't I want, like turtles. I don't want to be shellfish. Okay. I'll go with Iowa, but that's just me. Okay. Catching the three. And you like the... Uh, I'm, I'm laying the three. You're catching. Yeah, I understand. It was, it's the three points. And you like the yeah. un, under 47 and a half? Yeah. If I was going to win, I think this game's going to be hideous for the record. I mm. think it'll be close throughout. Right. But Maryland really struggled for about two and a half quarters, three quarters against Illinois. Okay. I'm a little bit concerned that this Maryland offense might just be because of the lack of competition. Illinois is Alabama compared to Colorado State, by the way. Okay. It's a terrible football team. Terrible. Okay. Terrible. And I know what it says about Toledo, though, because they got their ass kicked by Colorado State. I would also posit to you, Scott, I don't think Iowa State's that good. That's a, that's fair too. I don't know if Indiana's that good either. No, they're they're certainly not as they're certainly not the seventeenth best team in the country, which is where they were ranked when the Iowa Hawkeyes beat them. But I have some questions about Maryland's offense, especially with the penalties. They commit a ton of penalties, and I think Iowa will force a couple turnovers. Okay, very good. And now final, the nightcap. This is a team that you have an affinity for, Scott. I don't know what it is about you and BYU because you had an affinity for BYU last year. I thought it was just Zach Wilson, but apparently it's not. Because I know you love them this year. They travel to take on Utah State in their first road game of the season. How about that, buddy? Fifth game of the year. First time they've been away from Provo. Or from uh, Salt Lake City, rather, right? No, yeah. Provo. Provo, yeah. Okay, there you go. Utah, no, Utah play in Provo. I thought BYU play in Provo, too. They don't both play in Provo. Anyway, okay. First time they've been away from home. How about that? Nice. Does that matter to you? I think you can make an argument that it plays a factor, but Utah State is a team that has a solid offense. Mm -hmm. The defense stinks. And that's not a surprise. I mean, that's been Blake Anderson's entire career summed up into one sense. Good well, offense, awful defense. Let me ask you this. Do they have a good offense? That's a separate point. Because they, they looked good. They looked good against Washington State. Congratulations. They torched Air Force. Well, they beat them 49-45. So, yeah. yeah. They, I'm saying offensively they torched them. Right. And then they beat North Dakota. They put up a ton on North Dakota as well. But they got a real test last week against Boise State. They failed miserably. They put up they put up three points last week. Um the uh Logan Bonner was dreadful. Went I the, think uh, the weird part is they only had three points. Right. They, they had, had more yards than Boise State. Yeah, they had a ton of yards. They had they had almost five hundred yards if I'm if I'm remembering right. Four forty three. Yeah, okay. So but Bonner was what, eleven for twenty five, two picks? It was it wasn't pretty. Yeah, that ain't good. Uh, Peasley did nothing. He ran the ball six times for nine yards. He's supposed to be their change of pace running back kind of quarterback. I'll be honest, I don't I just don't know where there's gonna be a ton of points for Utah State in this one. Is this a look ahead spot for for BYU? You play Boise next week. It could be. It could be. Um, although it's an 
it's an it's an in-state game and they're playing for the you know what they're playing for no uh is it like a i have no idea it's a it's a wagon wheel they're playing ah. for the wagon wheel nice um so that's I'm actually looking at the first half in this one what what are you what are you gonna play BYU? i like byu in the first half okay main reason why it's about six utah state has won some games They've gone off to some really slow starts. This is mostly a second half team, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah. What? What? Well, yeah. I think they're they're definitely a second half team, and I know they did a lot of their damaging garbage time last week. They fell behind to Washington State. They fell behind to uh, I believe it was North Dakota. Yeah. in the first half they were because I had I had them in that game and I was sweating it. Yeah, I'm just saying this is a team that tends to come out a little bit flat. I think BYU is the better team, and I think that for at least the first 30 minutes, they'll be up by at least a touchdown at half. Okay. All right, very good. And full game, what do you like? I'm going to go with BYU, but I'm less confident about it. Okay, that's solid. I'm I'm going to play... I've, I'm, I'm going to play BYU here. It's not going to be a big play. I do have a premium play on the total. There's a total that I like a lot better. I just think that's I just think that's a I think that's a lot of points. Uh, eight and a, eight and a half. Well, now it's up to nine and a half or ten. I just and they could win by seventeen or twenty, Scott. It could it could happen, but I just don't like laying double digits on the road to a. Uh, we know, we know that Utah State's defense shouldn't get that many stops against this offense. The question is, do I think Bonner can torch this defense enough to keep the game close and? I think he's going to turn it over a couple of times. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of his mo. All right, very good. All right, my friend. Well, let's take a look and see what we've got cooked up for today. You and I have put our heads together. We've come up with our very best play as we head into the Friday action. It is time once again, everybody, strap up those overalls, put that little piece of straw right there in the side of your mouth, put on your hat, climb on your John Deere, and fire that sucker up. Because it's the TGIF edition of Bet That Farm! So, for the farm play, we're going to be looking at the Seattle Mariners. And we like a team total over 3.5 at minus 145 on Bet MGM. And it does sound a bit juicy, but believe it or not, it should be a lot higher. Because Seattle has scored at least four runs in 15 of its last 17 games. Meanwhile, the Angels have allowed at least five runs in seven of their last 10 games. Suarez is on the mound for Los Angeles. He actually faced Seattle on September 24th, five innings, four runs. I don't really know what's going on with Seattle's playoff run right now, but it's something to behold. It this is. This team has just found ways to score runs. It's amazing. You counted you counted them out a couple of times over the last month or so, and they're just, they're, they're, just like the Undertaker, they just keep coming back up. Yeah, this is this is probably one of the juicier plays we've ever made as far as the minus one forty five, and that number is just too good. And if you have the ability to take alternative uh, alternate totals, you can get it at four and a half at plus one twenty. It's not a terrible bet, and that may be a lot more ex- accessible to everybody that just has one option. But we think it's worth the extra juice to pay uh, the minus 145 on the over three and a half. So that is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to fade Suarez there and the Los Angeles Angels. Anytime you can fade that Los Angeles Angels bullpen, that's a good thing because Suarez, he tends to not go terribly long either. So we're going to Angels bullpen. We're going to get at least, at least four shots, maybe five at the Angels bullpen. I like that. Take the Seattle Mariners as they continue their unlikely playoff march team total over three and a half that's going to do it for myself it's going to do it for scott reichel we appreciate you guys checking us out today for the whole team over here at winners and winers radio wish you nothing but the best hope every one of those tickets in your pocket turns into cash money when you head back to the window you guys have a great day and we'll see you next time don't forget to check out our specials as we're going to do our college show and our NFL show coming up this weekend, so stay tuned for that. If not, we'll see you back at Winners and Winners Radio on Monday. You guys take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Thank you.